Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey and for you today we have a Euro 2024 draw special where we're asking who got the toughest group? They were always going to come up against uh, some of the contenders for Italy's crown. Have England got another lucky draw? There were some difficult teams to avoid. England have managed to do that and I think it's a pretty good draw. And can hosts Germany get some early momentum? Cannot rule out completely that uh, the German FA might make another change from the public pressure on, on, on Nagelsmann if he were to lose more games. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. Get excited, it's little more than six months to kick off at Euro 2024 and the draw for the six groups of four teams has just been made in the German city of Hamburg. There are still three spots to be decided, a 12-country playoff will take place in March to decide those, but everything else is now good to go for next summer's European Championships. So, let's take you through that draw. Group A had already been reserved for hosts Germany. They were joined by Hungary, Switzerland and... Scotland. That is Scotland then. Yes, the tournament will open in Munich on Friday, June the 14th, when Germany face Scotland. Group B will be a lot of fun to watch and pretty hard to win. Spain, Croatia and defending champions Italy all feature alongside Albania. England were handed Group C with Slovenia, Serbia and Denmark more on England in a bit, while France are equally fancied to win the tournament, they are in Group D with... Netherlands. Netherlands, sir. Yeah, that's tasty. So it's France, Netherlands, Austria and one of Poland, Wales, Finland and Estonia. As for the remaining two groups, Group E sees Belgium, Slovakia and Romania alongside the playoff winner from Israel, Bosnia, Ukraine and Iceland. Finally, in Group F, Turkey, Portugal and Czechia will be joined by either Georgia, Kazakhstan, Greece or Luxembourg. Right, let's get some reaction to all that, starting with the hosts, who will kick us off in June. Raphael Honigstein is the Athletics' German football writer, and I'm delighted to say he joins us now. Rafa, thoughts on that draw for Germany? Could have been worse. Most people in Germany think that uh, qualifying is a must from this group, really, with Scotland, Switzerland and uh, Hungary. Certainly Hungary, a team that caused lots of problems to Germany when they met two years ago at the Euros. I think it could have been... It could have been a lot worse considering that was Italy there and a couple of others. The German public will not forgive if uh, it's another group stage exit. It must be a strange build-up in terms of Nagelsmann is obviously trying to get things the way he wants them over quite a short period. But also they're only doing that through friendlies rather than competitive matches really. So how difficult is that build-up and where does that leave expectations for them? Yeah, one or two people have made the point that maybe the fact that um, we haven't had competitive games for Germany has has made it harder to develop a sense of urgency and get the full focus from the players. At the same time, if the chance to play for Germany 
on home soil in a big competition doesn't bring out the best uh, of you and inspire you to to play really well than, than what does. So I'm not sure I'm buying that. I think it's more to do with Germany's sort of chronic problems they've had now for a few years uh, when it comes to finding cohesion, uh, both in a tactical sense, but also in the sort of group dynamics. I think you, Nagelsmann is not out of the woods yet. You know, they have two friendlies coming up against very decent opposition, Netherlands and France. And if results would be bad, if there'd be more defeats uh, in March, then I, you cannot rule out the, 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 the small chance, but still cannot rule out completely that uh, the German FA might, might make another change from the public pressure on Nagelsmann on, on if he were to lose more games. So it's still going to be a pretty fraught, I think, build up, especially since he hasn't had the chance and he won't have the chance to react to the last couple of defeats, which happened in November. It's a long time to develop any kind of sense of positivity without being able to do that on the pitch. And I think that's going to be a pretty big challenge for him. Thanks, Rafa. Germany can at least be thankful they've avoided a challenge like Group B. It includes Albania, World Cup semi-finalists Croatia, Euro 2012 winners Spain and the defending champions Italy. Here's our Italian football writer, James Horncastle. They went into this draw in Hamburg, the fourth seed. Um, so they were always going to come up against uh, some of the contenders for Italy's crown. Remember, Italy are the holders. So their first game, it comes against Albania. So it's quite a soft start for the Azzurri. They will be playing in Dortmund, which holds fond memories for them. Uh, Dortmund is where they beat Germany in the World Cup semi-final in 2006. One of the iconic games in the history of the national team as they went on to win the World Cup. Albania is a team that knows Italy uh, very well. And there are eight players at the moment uh, who play in Serie A in the Albania squad. Yeah, that looks like a trap game, but it could be also a game in which Italy develops some momentum going into their second game uh, against Spain in Gelsenkirchen. Italy beat Spain in the semi-finals of the last Euros. They knocked them out uh, on penalties. And then the final game is against Croatia in Leipzig. Nobody likes to play against Croatia. I think Luka Modric will become the first player to play in five European championships. Again, there are some players in this Croatia squad who know Italy very well. Marcelo Brozovic, for example, the deep-line playmaker, was at Inter for a long time before he moved to the Saudi Pro League. They've got such a good midfield. So it's a tough group, but it is a group that uh, Italy can get out of. I mean, there are two automatic spots uh, for the next round, but there is, if needs be, um, the best third-place finisher. We expect no less. You know, this is uh, it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Uh, frequently, but upon qualifying, they want to retain their trophy. So let's see if they can do that. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Thanks, James. Now let's get the Spanish view with our La Liga correspondent, Dermot Corrigan. Dermot, this is the pick of the group. So how's that gone down in Spain? Yeah, everybody's not super excited about it. It was funny watching the Spanish pundits all trying to to talk up how like it wasn't so bad. But they've a lot of history with both Croatia and Italy. Albania is interesting, kind of possibly coming force in European football, maybe not. But uh, both Croatia and Italy have beaten Spain in recent tournaments. Spain have beaten them as well. So there's there's a lot of interest in it. It, it means that you know the group stages are going to be exciting for Spain, starting off with Croatia, then with Italy. Yeah, not so happy. You could see in the face of Luis de la Fuente, he, when Croatia came out, he kind of did a blank kind of poker face. But by the time Italy came out as well, there was a little bit of a grimace starting to show on, on his features. It was, um, yeah, not, not what he was looking forward to, I think. 
As a quick aside, do you expect De La Fuente to be in charge throughout the tournament? Because there is his contract situation bubbling around in the background. Are we any closer to knowing anything? Hey, no, we're no closer to knowing anything. Everybody you speak to assumes that whoever is the president by next summer will renew De La Fuente. The tough group and the possibility of maybe meeting Germany soon also into it leaves it open that they could, you know, they could leave him in charge until June 30th and Spain could be out of the tournament by then. But realistically, Spain should have a new federation president by the, you know, let's say March next year, who would then renew De La Fuente, possibly up until the next World Cup, I guess. And just finally, Gavi, we know is going to miss the tournament. Is there a sort of a dampened expectation about what Spain can do at the Euros? Yeah, Gavi missing the tournament. Pedri's had so many injury issues as well. He hasn't played for Spain. Um, all He hasn't played for De La Fuente yet, like in the first year of De La Fuente in charge. Alvaro Morata is going to be the captain of the team. Rodri is probably the best known player, the, the centre of midfield. But there's a, there's a lot of issues around the Spain team. They know it's not a, a golden generation. They know De La Fuente is not you know, a, a really top European coach. So there's a lot of realism kind of around it. Now with this draw, there's going to be even more realism around it. So at least it keeps a, keeps a dampener on the expectations ahead of the tournament. They won't be getting carried away with themselves. And then there was England. Let's check in with my fellow Daily Football Briefing host, Tim Spears, who also covers England for The Athletic. Tim, that's a decent group draw for England, yes? Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. If you look at all three opponents, they're very beatable. I wouldn't expect England to have any trouble getting through that group. To be honest, I mean Serbia, Serbia only won half of their qualification games. They beat Lithuania twice, and they beat neighbours Montenegro twice. And then you know Denmark. Obviously, people will remember if England play the Denmark that came through to the semis of um, the Euros a couple of years ago. Then you know that's that's a that's a tough test. But if they play the Denmark that completely flunked their World Cup group a year ago, I'm quite pleased that England's sort of two toughest games come first. I think I think that's a good way to start the tournament. If they can potentially, they'll of course look to win their first two games and then rest players for the third. There were some difficult teams to avoid. England have managed to do that and I think it's a pretty good draw. Yeah, England will kick off against Serbia in Gelsenkirchen and they do have a bit of history there. Yeah, 2006, people may, may remember that was the... Uh, Destination for the quarterfinal when England uh, lost to Portugal on penalties. Sven-Goran Eriksson's last game in charge. Last sort of hope for the golden generation, you might say, Mr Bailey. And then that's when, yeah, Wayne Rooney got sent off, of course. And uh, yeah, England uh, drew nil-nil and lost on penalties. So yeah, interesting, maybe little um, one curtain closing that night with the golden generation. And this is probably England's next golden generation. And let's see how they get on this time around. The interesting thing here, I suppose, if we can completely get ahead of ourselves, is that England are in Group C, and that is a pretty good group to win. Yeah, and, and I think we can get ahead of ourselves in terms of assessing England's chances of winning the tournament, because you know that's what they're there to do. They're, they're in; they're definitely in the top four or five teams to potentially be winning this tournament on paper. You know, along with France, Germany, Portugal, and Spain, I would say. And they avoid all of those teams until the semi-finals. So they've been handed a third-place team in the second round. But in the quarter-final, they're not playing one of the group winners. So this is an important thing. So they're going to play a runner-up from Group A or B. That was Tim Spears. Let's talk now to someone who was in Hamburg for the draw itself, our senior news writer, Matt Slater. Matt, we were all there for the draw, but there was a lot going on in the ceremony ahead of it too. I thought the singing was nice. The building's lovely. I quite like the sea container thing. I don't know if everyone was watching at home. They did this thing where they outside they 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 cut to the car park, um, which which had me confused for a while because they didn't really, they didn't really explain that. And sort of very very quickly, 
because Hamburg has this whole nautical um, tradition, they stacked sea containers up to look like the groups, you know, a, vi- a visual demonstration of the groups. And uh, Pedro Pinto, who is always the host of these things, he's a por- Portuguese journalist, but he always hosts these things, said it's going to be a tourist attraction. I-, I think he might have been stretching it there. I thought it was very much a nod to Qatar and the 974 Stadium. I, I feel, to me, it feels like the first palpable bits of Qatar World Cup legacy. So I, I enjoyed that. UEFA officials, I'm sure, are neutral about most things, Matt, but are they happy with how everything is shaping up ahead of next summer's finals? Yeah, tickets, ticket sales are good. German team, you know, not, not at its normal sort of high ebb, but they can now get behind it. They, there's now, they're playing Scotland, first game, really exciting. The Scots will bring, a, will bring some noise, create a party. They got a reasonable draw. I thought England got a really good draw, if we're allowed to sort of be parochial about these things. Um, Gareth said, okay, Pretty happy. The other managers that came through the mix zone, Dragan Stojkovic and uh, Kasper Hulman from Denmark, were both very complimentary about England, said all the things that we wanted to hear. I think the fact that England have been top five ranked in the world for five years, we're now ranked third, decent runs in recent tournaments. There is a sort of sense that if not now, when? Look, there's, it's exciting, right? It's the Euros. And Germany is a great host of these things. Germany was a fantastic host of the 2006 World Cup. I came as a fan. I strongly recommend it if you get a chance to come to Germany and watch a major tournament. They do them really well. The train's brilliant. Hotels, the bars, the people, all really, really good. It'll be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. That was Matt Slater and that's it for this briefing special. Thanks as always for listening and you're all welcome to join us in counting down the days to what we all hope will be a compelling Euro 2024. I've been Michael Bailey, your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. If you like what you've heard, feel free to subscribe and come back for more. Tim Spears will be with you as usual on Monday to brief on all the weekend action on the pitch. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.